Father, we just thank you this morning that nothing compares to the promise we have in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Our salvation is complete. It was promised, but it's now in existence. It lives in us. It moves in us. It keeps us day by day. Hallelujah. We're not kept by ourselves. We're kept by the power of God this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is no power under heaven like the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We have a powerful Savior. Hallelujah. And we have a powerful Savior because he laid down his life for us. Hallelujah. He said, nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down for you. Hallelujah. Isn't that a marvelous scripture? Hallelujah. The devil thought he was snatching his life. But what he was doing was bringing Christ to a point where he would bring salvation to the nations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I thank you this morning for our salvation, Lord. Hallelujah. I'll start with a scripture. It says, we can't please with God with anything but our faith. Hallelujah. Have you learned that lesson? That you can't please God with works, thoughts, or deeds. Hallelujah. You can only, you can only bless God by your faith. Hallelujah. And faith is what God gives you when you become a Christian. Hallelujah. He puts faith in you to believe that he is who he is and that Jesus is his son and Jesus died on a cross for you that you might have life eternal. That's the faith that God plants in our life. Hallelujah. And it's up to us what we do with that faith. It's up to us what we do with that faith. So the only thing that you really can do is use what God's given you. You know, so many times in the scripture it says, <laughs> Jesus says, or the prophet says, what have you got in your hand? He said it to the woman with the, uh, with the jar of wheat. What have you got in the house? Your house. What have you got in your house this morning? What have you got to offer God in your house this morning that he can use to bring about a transformation in our lives? What have you got this morning? The only thing you've got is faith. Hallelujah. That's what transforms us. That's our faith. It's a miracle that you, through the faith that God's given you, can be transformed. But you have to believe it to receive it. Hallelujah. You don't get anything if you don't believe it. You don't receive anything. But you have to believe it. And it's, that's what faith's all about. Hallelujah. Well, I get my glasses. It might help, mightn't it? <laughs> I can do without them, but it's nice to have it clearly. Because I can't read my own writing sometimes. <laughs> I have to study it very closely. Now, this week, something triggered in me that I've never understood in the Bible. Um, I'll just read the scripture. It's from uh, Matthew 17. 
verse, Matthew 17, verse 14. And it says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic, and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could do not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was, was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus and depart and said, Why couldn't we do that, Lord? Jesus said unto him, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. It says, Jesus said, it's because of your arm belief. In another, trans, in another scripture in Mark, it says, because of your little faith. This is what triggered in me, you see. That this man wasn't healed because they didn't activate their faith. Hallelujah. They didn't activate their faith. And it wasn't about the condition of the man. It was about the condition of their hearts and lives. They hadn't applied faith to the situation. You see, some people think it's in words. What we say is what brings deliverance. It's not the word, although the word is a confirmation of something more structural in our life, which is the faith that we have holding God. And this is the thing, and it started me thinking of, about the little, O oh ye of little faith. What is little faith? And I, I considered and considered, should I go out and get more faith so I add something more than little? Or should I use what I've already got to get some more? To reinforce the faith. You see, God doesn't expect us to work at faith. God allow, expects us to allow faith to work in us. It's not a matter of us working at it. You see, that's, that's the mind, you see. The mind sort of gets, gets in a, a real pickle. If I haven't got enough faith, what do I do about it? I'll have to get some more. You're not going to get any more until you use that which you have got already in God. And what you have to do, you see, I saw it. Our faith, finite, finite little faith, if you look at it in terms of the mustard seed, it's three-dimensional. It's, it's, it's limited by three dimensions, and that's what makes it small. But the thing about it is, there is a fourth dimension. And in the earth, there is a fourth dimension. It's time. Hallelujah. Time is the thing that is of essence when we start to use faith. Because we will only know whether our faith is placed 
and is active when we see something happen. Hallelujah. That's the, that's the test of faith. When we have faith, does anything happen? Hallelujah. It's the test, isn't it? We, we, test, we say, well, and we keep, you know, uh, it talks about <coughs> sowing uh, in, I'm looking at it, uh, Luke 13 and 18. And it, in this case, it's, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, which is it's the same thing in a different aspect. Unto what is the kingdom of God like, and where unto shall I resemble it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and cast into his garden, and it grew and waxed a great tree, and the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. And you see, the mustard seed in itself is just a seed. It has life within it, but it's not been activated. It's only when it's put into the soil that it becomes activated. The moisture and the conditions of the soil. In one place in the Bible, Jesus talks about it, and he says, except a grain of, uh, falls into the ground and dies, there will be no <laughs> growth. There'll be no growth. Because that, that grain of falls into the ground, it's just a grain. But when you put it into the ground, it dies and it brings forth life. And this is the same with the mustard seed, our seed of faith. When we put it into the ground, good ground, good ground is the ground of, that is Jesus, uh, it will grow. And it says, uh, it says that the, the birds will come and perch in it, it will grow into a tree, a mustard tree, and the birds will come and perch in it, and they will eat of the seed of the tree. That is the marvellous thing, you see, that tiny little grain can grow right up into a big tree, and the birds, it's enough for the birds to come and sit in it. I looked up in, uh, in the encyclopedia of what, what a mustard tree looks like, and I got a brief glimpse of one. They don't know whether it's the particular one that Jesus was talking about. But it looks likely there were birds sitting in it. Uh, there were small berries on it, because the, <laughs> the small seed needs small berries. The small berries on it, and the birds were eating the berries. Um, and you know, that is, that is how our faith is. It grows, and it grows, and it grows, until it, it's, it's there to produce fruit, it's there to produce a, a place, a habitation for other people. Praise the Lord. You see, Jesus had to activate his faith before he went to the cross. Uh, shall we go to Matthew 26? Uh, read a little bit. I'm just going to read one verse. This is what Jesus did to activate his faith. And he went a little farther, fell on his face and prayed. O oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou, as thou will. And this is what happened. This, I was talking earlier on about Jesus laying down his life. This is where he laid down his life, in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is where he died to himself, 
in the Garden of Gethsemane, not on the cross. He, he set his face to go to the cross. And this is the point at which he did it. And you know, sometimes when we activate faith, we've got to set our face to go towards that outcome that we've set our faith to, to bring forth. It's not about quantity of faith. It's what we do with it. Faith is a thing of long haul. Praise the Lord. You know, when you think of the old... Abraham saw God in faith and he saw his salvation in faith. But it was several thousand years before he actually received what he saw. Hallelujah. When Jesus died on the cross, he received it all. What he was, what he was looking in faith through all those years to see. His faith had to be activated all those years for him to receive. Maybe sometimes we get a, bit, a little bit disappointed. We get a little bit impatient. I don't know about you, I'm very impatient. Uh, but, you see, if we trust God and we rest in our faith, things start to happen. Hallelujah. We have to propagate it with prayer. Now we're coming back to what Jesus said to, the, to them about their unbelief. You see, the, the thing I started out was, wasn't talking about the problem of the child being delivered. It was the problem of their unbelief or their little faith. You see, we have to propagate it. You know, when I was a young man, my uncle was a was a sort of landscape gardener and he taught me the principles of putting seeds in the ground and seeing how they grow, what you had to do to support them and all those sorts of things. And I got quite to be quite, when I was about eight or between eight and eleven, I was quite keen on gardening, growing vegetables for my mum. Uh, and I know when I first started out, I was mesmerised by the miracle of seeds coming up when you put them in the ground, how, how marvellous it is. And I particularly like runner beans. I don't know whether you've ever done that when you were a child, I don't know. Put a runner bean in the ground and it splits and then there's, there's a little root comes out one end and there's a, a shoot comes out the other end. And I used to put the runner beans in in a big trench. I used to dig the trench. I used to go and get farmyard manure from the fields around where the, where the cows were put it in the bottom of the trench and fertilise it, because this was what I was taught, that you have to fertilise the ground in order for the, the plant to grow. But being young, I wanted to see some action, and I used to dig the plants up to see whether they germinate. <laughs> and I think we sometimes do that when we start to activate our faith. We start digging the plant out, out of the ground to see what's happening. Now that's a bad thing to do with faith because you're then starting to look at circumstances and situations and things around which are tangible, whereas faith is not tangible. Faith is a substance, it says, which of things hoped for. Hallelujah. It's not an evidence of the earthly result of what we do. 
Hallelujah. So we have to, faith is multidimensional, as I've just said. It's got a time element in it. In it. Sometimes God answers our prayer immediately. Other times we have to go through a process where God teaches us to be patient and to hang in there. I don't know whether you're particularly in any, in any way in that, in that state this morning. Maybe is there something you're hanging in there for? I want to encourage you because faith is something for the long haul. It's not for the short haul. It's for the long haul. Hallelujah. There's things in our lives, one particular, which I won't go into, which Shelley and I are praying that God will take control of the situation in somebody else's life and bring healing. Hallelujah. We just have to believe. We can't do anything about it. We, can, we are not even in contact with this person. We know of her condition and how terminal it is. But only through faith can we help her. Hallelujah. We can only help her by our faith. And it's not our faith really, it's the faith of God has put in our lives. We can only allow it to work as God allows us to, it to work in us. Faith can't be bought. Sometimes we think, we can buy the outcome of our faith. You know, we can... See, that's the trouble with the prayer and fasting thing that I, as I say, I thought, well, uh, if I pray and I fast a bit, maybe God will move things along a bit. But the prayer and fasting is not to move God along, it's to bring you closer to him. Yeah. That your faith might work. Hallelujah. It's not a matter. See, this is the thing that bugged me for a long while. I thought it was, well, that's lo in that works, Lord. Isn't that works? Because I was reading about the problem, you see, and I was thinking, Jesus said the only, uh, this will only come to pass through prayer and fasting. I thought, so, we, so there are some conditions that only come if you pray and fast. But the, what he was talking about, he wasn't talking about the deliverance, he was talking about their unbelief, their smallness of their faith. Hallelujah. He had to deal with them before they were able to deal with the situation. And it's the same with us all the while, if, we, if we're honest. The same with us all the while. We have to get into that place where our heart is in tune with God's heart. Because sometimes God doesn't give us a positive answer. Sometimes he's, he leaves the situation. And we'll never know why. We never know why. But we have to trust God and believe what Romans 8 says. 8.28 says, All things are working together for good. Hallelujah. They are working together for good. They are working. They, God is working on it. Well, God is working on it for good. We don't understand. You know, some people die prematurely, but we don't understand what God may have protected them from. Do you know what God protected them from? You see, we can, we can walk away, we can walk into things, we can become unproductive in God. And Paul talks about it. He says you should pray for these people that God will take them. Hallelujah. Take them out. 
Hallelujah. That's, that seems strange to us. But God's overall uh, plan for each one of us as Christians is that he'll get us there to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. And the whole pathway that we walk is planned about the fact that he wants to get us to heaven and to be there. Faith is an expectation of the things hoped for. That's what Hebrews says. Hebrews 10.36. It's an an expectation. Hallelujah. We have to expect. We have to expect what God has promised to come to pass. But we, we can't dictate to God. We cannot we cannot pre- affirm the path that things are going to take. In fact, I've, I've always accused God of being awkward because he never goes the way I expect him to. He never does it the easy way. He always takes it a long way route round just to demonstrate his power and that he doesn't, he's not dependent on anything or anybody, that he's, he's totally independent. His answer will come and it will come in the way that God seeks to do it. And it will be for our benefit because of the way that he takes. Hallelujah. Because you can see the hand of God. When, you do, when things happen in a different way to what you've asked for, you can see the hand of God. You will, in time, see the protection of God. Because if the, some of the things we ask for are not really good for us. That's what the Bible teaches. They're not really good. They're, you just want them to, to uh, sort of use to satisfy your emotions. Hallelujah. How many times do we ask God for something that's just to satisfy our emotional world? Hallelujah. God's not interested in your emotional world. He's interested in you, what's going on in your heart. Not interested in anything else. Hallelujah. I thank God it's all about the heart. When you've been the whole circle of things, it's all about what's going on in your heart with him. Hallelujah. How close is your heart to his? And that, that's one thing we can work at. Drawing closer to him. Hallelujah. Drawing closer to him. He said, if you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. What more can you expect? <laughs> it's an expectation. If we draw close to him, he'll draw close to us. And before we know, we'll be in another Enoch. And poof. We got so close that he became one with his father in heaven. I wonder what a wonderful thing. I wonder what his folks thought about it. Because I don't think there was anybody left there. He just went. Hallelujah. He, he walked with God and he was not. How wonderful to walk with God and be taken. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13 and 5. There we get there. Now it's all about conversation. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with things which such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? That, the word that I pick out of that verse 5 is content, contentment. Hallelujah. You see, we can get anxious and not content. We say, if you did this for me, Lord, I would be content. But we have to be content first before he does it, things for us. You see, that's, it's, 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 things are so different when, when you get into God's realm. It's, sometimes it seems to be upside down. Are you content with where you are? I know there's a sense that we, we always want something more from God. But I think in, the, in this scripture we're, we're learning that if we want more faith, we have to use what we've got. And if we're using what God's given us, we should be content with that situation. Hallelujah. Are you content this morning? Is your mind in a place where you can feel comfortable with what God is doing in your life? That's what he wants. He wants us to be comforted by the Holy Spirit all day and every day. That's what the Holy Spirit is supposed to be doing. He is the comforter. He is the one that comforts us in all the circumstances and situations. Because let's face it, when we're going for the things of God, the enemy doesn't like it at all. And he thinks by uh, sort of persecuting us or getting people to persecute us, that he can get us off, off the mark of walking with God in contentment. You know, there's so many things that happen that we have to deal with day by day. But, you know, if we're content, if our heart is, is in the right place with God, we will have this wonderful peace, which is, the scripture says, passes all understanding. Hallelujah, you won't understand it. You, see, you can be in a, the greatest turmoil of life and yet there can be an aura of peace that surrounds you. Hallelujah. See, the er enemy wants you to get you into a place of turmoil. The enemy is the disruptor. He wants to disrupt everything that God is doing in your life. He wants to say, ah, oh, but did God say... He, he started out that, with that tack. Did God say, ah, but, ah, but. He's always, but. He's always trying to say, but. Hallelujah. But we don't have to listen to those buts. We have to just be content with where we are. Hallelujah. Now we're going to read 1 Timothy 6 at 6 which talks about contentment. Don't forget, um, Tony's saying, three T's, Titus, Timothy, and... 
I've got Thessalonians, Titus, Timothy, then Hebrews. <laughs> Titus, 1 Timothy 6 and 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a great gain. There's a gain in being content with God. Hallelujah. See, the world strives after something. They're always striving after more money, more uh, friends, whatever you like to say, whatever realm it is, they're always, they're always after more. Whereas God doesn't work on that, that uh, realm. He only works on the basis of what he has for us. And if, he, if it's good for us, he will give us more. The rest of all, if it's good for you, he will give us more. If we learn to deal with the things that we have in the right manner, he will give us more. That's, people have a struggle with money sometimes, and they say, well, God hasn't blessed me with, with money. God will bless you with money if you bless him with your money. That's why we believe in tithing in this church. We believe in giving the tenth. Because we believe that we can bless God with our, our money, you know. And God blesses us with, with sufficient to meet every need. That's what he's promised. Hallelujah. You see, uh, we used to be in this, this place and it was really dilapidated. It was a little place, the, the wall used to go down there and about where the back row is now that was the end of, that was all there was of this building it was had tin roof with rust on it it was rusting through it was very cold yeah, all the windows were rotten there wasn't a lick of paint on the walls so it was gradually but you see when we moved in here something in us said house of God must come high on the priorities. You see, it's a reflection of who he is, this place. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a, getting your priorities right. You know, you could say, well, God could come anywhere. He could do it in the field and the rest of it and all the rest of it. But God's house is God's house. And we don't want a God with a rusty roof and the, all the rest of it. God has allowed us to change this building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, he's given us the funds, you know. We, we, where heart was that we would have a place for God. And it's like that with everything you do for God. If your heart's right in it, it will prosper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is, that's what he's talking about. There's great gain in contentment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not content with the situation, contentment of God in God and what the position you are in him what he's doing in your life and to finish we're going to go to 1 Peter 3 and 8 and I think this illustrates what I'm talking about in time and it says, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, 
that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Hallelujah. What I'm suggesting in that is, God doesn't see time as we see time. See, a day can be a thousand years in God's plan. Or a thousand years can be a day. He is not bound by time. And so when you ask God in faith for something, sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes it all comes in an instant. It's the purpose and plan of God in our life. But the most important thing is that we're not pushing God for more until we've used what we have in the terms of faith. Because as you use the faith of God, things that you trusted for and were a big struggle suddenly become simple and you don't even think about them anymore because God has supplied that need and he's continually supplying that need in you. God is the God of abundance. God is the God of faith. Hallelujah. So activate your faith today and see what God can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith is the substance, things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't struggle. Snuggle. Bless the Lord. <laughs> oh, Jesus.